0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Jillian Juneman, and we're going to talk about how to analyze your marketing using Google Analytics Strategy. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Be sure to listen to the entire episode. Also, if you want to reach me, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. That comes straight into my inbox. If you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. Let's now transition over to this week's interview with Julian Juniman. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year, That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Julian Juniman. If you don't know who Julian is, he is a measurement expert and founder of Measure School, a popular YouTube channel and site for data-driven marketers. His membership site is Measure Masters. He's also got an online event called Measure Summit, taking place in September of 2020. You can check them out at measureschool.com. Hey, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Mike. I want to talk to you today about how to analyze your marketing and really kind of zoom into what you're an expert in, which is measurement marketing and analytics. And what we're going to talk about today is really how to use something as simple as Google Analytics strategically to analyze everything about your marketing. And what I wanna start with first is a little bit of your story. If you wouldn't mind, how in the world did you get into this industry? Tell us, start wherever you wanna start.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, after university, I wanted to always get into entrepreneurship and I started a couple of um, little companies, startups as you will. And mainly I was always on the marketing side. So I learned SEO, PPC from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And the heart of, my doing was really always uh, marketing and then data. So I was on the performance marketing side. So we bought traffic and then we turned it into money. And in order to do that, we had to use data in order to scale our marketing effectively. So I really got interested in how do we get actually this data? And I never really understood because we went to the developers and told them to build in some code and then we got some data in our analytics tools. So I really dug in. I wanted to understand as much more how does data get into analytics? How can we then use it and uh, make something out of it? And then years later, I went out on my own as a consultant and helping other people Installing, tracking, getting them up and running with their measurement stack and also hope, hopefully making something out of their data.
0: Real quick question. Um, how long ago was it when you went off on your own and what kind of a company were you working for when you were you know, working for somebody else?
1: Sure. At the beginning, I was working for startups, uh, w- which were mainly in the e-commerce space, um, some affiliate side, I would call it affiliate models. Got it. And um, later I went out on my own. That was about six years ago now. Okay. Uh, where I really dug into with other companies on
0: specializing in this this analytics matter. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing on your YouTube channel, because it's pretty impressive. And how long have you been doing that?
1: Yeah. So um, during my time as uh, somebody who was helping companies, I really found that there was a lack in understanding of analytics. And I basically went and do these companies and helped them uh, to understand it better. And that's something I then went over and brought to the wider world uh, by starting a YouTube channel. So I uh, do tutorials every week on these measurement tools such as Google Tag Manager, Analytics, and Data Studio. And yeah, I help people out. We have grown over the last five years. So I've been doing this for five years. I just recently hit 100K subscribers. So I'm pretty happy about that. And reaching a lot of people now uh,
0: via YouTube. Yeah, and I'm sure you've got millions of views on those YouTube videos. I mean, folks, he's got probably the most sophisticated analytics YouTube channel I've ever seen. I mean, you've been pushing out a lot of videos. Any idea how many millions of views off the top of your head that you've had on that channel?
1: I actually don't know uh, exactly. It is not that much, I must say, because we are in a niche, right? Yeah. The measurement scene is when somebody comes online, um, there are people who want to read about this stuff, for example, on a blog, and there are people who want to watch this stuff. And so I cover the watch part really well on the YouTube channel, and that's what results in, in these kind of views. But I actually, I think we don't have much over a million right now. I would need to look it up.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. So tell us a little bit about what's your business today? Like, what exactly are you doing?
1: Yeah, well, on measure School, we teach people the data-driven way of digital marketing, which basically means that we try to extract and help them extract all the data that they can get from their marketing and um, optimize their marketing in a data-driven way. So in case of Facebook analytics or Google ads. There's loads of data always floating around. And if you don't capture it and measure it correctly, you can't do anything with it. And that's what we help people out with to really understand that data and then turn it into something to optimize their marketing. And uh, in the company, we help them out by now a membership site. We have uh, courses on that. We have obviously the YouTube channel. We have a blog. And we also um, provide a little bit of uh, services to folks who wanted to have this installed for them as well.
0: Excellent. So it's pretty obvious that you've gone all in on this and I'm excited to chat with you now about, first of all, kind of the the big question, which is why is marketing analysis so important? Because uh, a lot of people, frankly, do not do enough analysis. So let's start with why it's critical. And then let's also address why is it so difficult for so many of us to kind of figure out, start on whichever one of those you want to start with. Right. Yeah, it is
1: important. If you if we look at the old way of doing business before pre-internet, we would have a physical store. Somebody would, well, we would do advertising in a newspaper, for example, and somebody would come into our store. Multiple people would come on up to our store. We may know where uh, that they found out about us in the newspaper on that ad, and maybe they buy something, maybe not. But we just have this feeling of maybe there are more people or not, and that's basically the old way of marketing, and that's how. Most Most of the people in the old guard still make money. But in the new age of the internet, we can actually measure everything very precisely. If somebody comes into our e-commerce store, we can see what products they actually looked at. And most importantly, if they're bought. And then we can backtrack and actually find out where did they come from. So if we had a Facebook campaign running, we know exactly which Facebook campaign they came from and hopefully also which ad they clicked on. So we can say this ad brought us that many sales, many conversions, and optimize that ad or allocate more budget to it. So this is really the gist of marketing optimization. You want to gather the data in order to improve your campaigns in the end. And um, we have a lot of measurement points along the way in order to improve not only our ads, but also our website and overall
0: company. So let's talk about why so many marketers struggle with this. What's your thoughts on that? Why do so many people for lack of better word, struggle understanding their analytics? I think there are two components really to it. One is
1: a bit of the technical part because you need to install kind of these tracking codes onto your website in order to get that data into your system. And traditionally that was always held up in the IT department because they were the only ones who could change the website. So it got kind of uh, pushed over from the marketing to the IT and the IT had to manage and build that into the website. And then you hopefully got the right data in. But um, it's always the question, like, what could you do more with with this? data and measurement in the background. And then on the other hand, we have also the knowledge part. So you need to understand a little bit of the data. There's a new vocabulary like user sessions, sources, bounce rate, and so on. And this gets a little bit abstract if you're new to it. And that's why, yeah, that's why we're helping people out as well to understand this a bit more, understand their data and um, make measurement work for them. So these are the really two points, the technical part and the knowledge part, I think.
0: Yeah. And I also think a big part of it is the overwhelm part. It feels Mm -hmm. to me as if when I go into Google Analytics, and I'm pretty well trained in it, but you can easily get overwhelmed because there's just tables everywhere and graphs and stuff. And while Google does a good job of trying to make it easy on you, it is unbelievably complex once you start clicking around, right? And you could find yourself like stuck in data quicksand, for lack of better words, if you (laughs) don't know what to pay attention to. Do you find that to be true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is simplification. You need to know what your goal is once you go into Google Analytics. It can be really a quicksand of uh, data that you get drowned in. So that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah.
0: Good. So, all right. Well, let's start with your process because you have a pretty good process to help people kind of uh, wrap their minds around analytics strategy. So where do you want to start? Yeah,
1: it's actually a pretty simple process. Just uh, three steps. And it's the analytics process that most of the companies out there would go help you with if uh, you ask them to. And on the first um, end we would have measurement. So this would be the part where you get data into your analytics system. And this needs to be useful data. And it needs to be specialized to your business. So you get good data in. And frankly, also you need to get the good data in order to not fall into the trap of having faulty data Mm. to get faulty analysis later on from it. And then the second part would be the analysis part where you actually extract value from the data and find these little nuggets of wisdom that tell you, okay, I need to change something on my website in order to make this better. And this is all about asking the right question. And then third is really the activation phase. So you need to Take your data and make something out of it. You want to get an ROI, obviously. You don't want to spend all that time in your analytics not doing anything. But you want to then get to the action part where you, for example, change something in your advertising or change something in your data on your website or optimize a campaign, for example. So really, this is about activating your data so it changes something in your company.
0: So what I heard you say is step one is to measure. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dig into all three of these. Step two is to analyze, which is asking the right questions. Step three is to activate, right? Which is to somehow do or act based on the information that you've analyzed. Now, I want to ask a quick question here that I think might be in the minds of a lot of people. There's been a lot of news lately about browsers blocking cookies. And like, for example, Firefox, Safari, And there's all these movements all over the world, right? You've got GDPR in Europe where you are. California has one out here where I am. Do you find that less data is coming in on the front end now because a lot of people are more aware and blocking their data? What's your thoughts? Because I just want to like start with that big question.
1: Yeah, sure. It's a big trend in our industry, especially on the website, because we rely really on these cookies and uh, they have a lot to do with tracking because we know that a user came back to our website, for example, and if they are gone, we probably get less good data, I would say. But Mm. we also need to remember that the data that we got in in the first place. So even if cookies were perfect, uh, the data was not always 100% accurate. So this is always an abstraction of the real world that we are actually seeing. Uh, When a user comes to the website, then he clicks around, we don't know who this user is exactly. We know what he clicks on and this data then gets aggregated into these forms and these graphs and these tables that we see in Google Analytics. So we are really working with trends here and the data quality will get a bit worse uh, I would say through the whole cookie uh, thing and the the privacy as well but it's still something that we will see be able to see trends from right if people buy a certain product, we will see that in our analytics, and if people um, look at a certain website or page on our site and don't convert, then that's also something we will see, even if the data quality is probably a bit less. So, I would say to people that, yeah, it's um, definitely something to be concerned about if you want to be 100% accurate with your tracking. But really, from our perspective, we always need to take into account that there's a bit of noise and the technology that we're working with is imperfect. And yeah, just uh, concentrate on what we have and then we can work with that.
0: Well, and I think, I think the best analogy would be like, if you do a survey of your customers and let's say you have a hundred thousand customers and you can survey a thousand of them, you can extrapolate trends from that data. right? Right. And you can say, Hey, look, we know based on the percentage of, you know, that, that this is an accurate, you know, something is going on here, even though it might not be 100%, like we haven't surveyed all of our customers and we never can and we never will. Right. And the reality here is that you don't have to have 100% perfection to be able to make smart decisions, is what I'm hearing you say. In addition, Chrome, right, overwhelming big browser, owned by Google. Like when I last read, it was like 65% of the marketplace. If they got rid of cookies, they still know what you're doing because you're logged in, right? <laughs> right. And if you look at Facebook uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that because Facebook, because there's pixels on those. Oh, because when you're logged in on Facebook, they track your offsite activity, right?
1: Yeah, this is actually the evolution of cookie tracking. What we will see is that there will be more server-side tracking. This goes into the technology part a bit, but what cookies are, they're basically a piece of information on your browser. So if you don't have that information anymore, then the um, website won't be able to track you in that sense anymore. But you will still see that um, the website needs to recognize you, especially if you have to be logged in. So on an e-commerce site or a membership site or a SaaS business, um, any kind of tool, you need to be logged in. And then the information anyways gets to the server and from there we can track. And the biggest example of that is Facebook. So if you are on Facebook and click on an ad, but then continue your journey on a mobile device, Facebook will know that it's you because you're basically yeah logged in on both devices and they have a unique identifier for you.
0: Perfect. I'm glad we brought that up because I'm sure a lot of people have been reading in the news about this, and it's only going to be a bigger news item, I'm sure, in the coming months. So let's go back to step one, which is measurement, and let's dig in here a little bit. Like, What do we need to know? What do we need to be thinking about strategically when it comes to the measurement side of things? Right. The big question on the measurement side
1: is always, what can we actually measure? And there's so many different measurement techniques out there in order to customize your tracking. Now, why do you want to customize your tracking? It's because your analytics tool doesn't always know what your business is all about. So if you're an e-commerce business, you want to track your sales. If you are a, a blog, you want to track if somebody reads your blog post or becomes a subscriber or sets up uh, an email a subscription with you. So in the end, we need to tell Google Analytics, our tool of choice for the tracking, what are the signals that let us know if a user has success on our website. So there are a few points that you can take into action once you set up a new Google Analytics account, One big one is to set up goals. This will actually tell Google Analytics what does success look like on my website. If you have an e-commerce website, you obviously want to install e-commerce tracking. So you have data about what products were actually bought and how much sales did you make. But there's also something called interaction tracking and this is where you really get into the measurement customization. So interaction tracking is any kind of click that is taken on your website or if you submit a form, These are all interactions that you can nowadays track. And there's a tool from Google that makes this easy to install, which is Google Tag Manager, which we mainly use in order to do these kind of customizations for our tracking.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about goals. My understanding is Google Analytics out of the gate has the opportunity to have 20 different goals. From my own experience, it's pretty straightforward. You just kind of generally... Most people just say if they land on this page, then they've become a customer, right? Is that kind of what we're talking about with these kind of goals? Like, let's say we have a blog and we want to track email subscribers. If they hit the thank you page, the assumption is that the only way they're going to get to that thank you page is if they completed one of the forms on your website. And that's how you traditionally would track a goal in Google Analytics. Am I close to accurate on that?
1: Yeah. And that's the gist of the first thing that you want to look into. Are there pages that people can reach in order for us to say, okay, this user was actually successful on his journey on our website. But oftentimes it's not that actually not that easy uh, because thank you pages are also something that people oftentimes don't see anymore. For example, on a form, you could have just a pop-up message saying, hey, you are subscribed now, right? How do you actually track that? And that's when you need to do interaction tracking and need to actually change around your tracking code in order to pick up these interactions. And there's click tracking, there's form submit tracking, there's even scroll tracking, where you can find out all these different interactions that you might want to track and send over these signals that are very important to you into Google Analytics and define them then as goals as well.
0: Okay, I'm going to come back to the interaction tracking in just a second, but I want to talk about the e-commerce side of things. Is it true that most e-commerce solutions, it's kind of one-click setup with Google Analytics and it sends that financial data into Google Analytics, or is it a little more complicated than that?
1: Yeah, that depends on the e-commerce system, I must say. So if you're in a medium-sized, yeah, I would say medium-sized e-commerce store, you probably have some one kind of one click um, implementation. So you either have a plugin or if you're on Shopify, you can put in some code in the back end of your Shopify store and it will track it automatically and set it up for you. So you don't really have to do much on that end. But if once you go into customization, so even from a storefront, if you are growing and you're changing something around on your website, your WooCommerce store, you oftentimes find yourself, hey, this e-commerce data is not coming through to my Google Analytics. So that's when you really need to get to your measurement experts to get this installed, because that's actually a pretty much a, a more complicated implementation that you can't always do with one click. But the smaller systems um, have that definitely set up.
0: Does Stripe also do that? Are you aware of? Because I know a lot of people are Stripe users. No. So Stripe is not really an e-commerce
1: solution or not a shopping cart in itself. Well, you could install it, but in the end, you can't uh, just put in your e-commerce data in the in the backend of um, Stripe. So you would need to set up a thank you page where you install this kind of code in order to send it over to, to Google Analytics.
0: Got it. Okay, so let's talk about the interaction tracking. I'm assuming we're mostly talking about employing this with Google Tag Manager. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct, because Google Tag Manager actually makes it easy for us to customize the Google Analytics implementation. If we have just the Google Analytics code installed on our website, then we would need to actually go into the coding and uh, change stuff around
0: in order to implement this. Why don't you kind of give us a quick introduction to Tag Manager? Because I know a lot of people might not be as familiar with what it is and how it works and stuff. Can you do that real quick?
1: Yeah, sure. So in the old days, we would get codes from all over the place in order to install tracking on our website. So Google Analytics is just one example. You would get one code. From AdWords, you get a conversion tracking code. From Facebook, you get that pixel. This all needs to be installed on your website. Now in the old days, you would need to run over to your IT department in order to get this all installed. But these codes actually convolute your whole implementation on the website. And if you want to change anything or customize anything, it makes it really hard because you need to go back and forth uh, in the tracking code. So what Google said is they're going to bring out this tool called Google Tag Manager, which will manage all these different marketing tags. That's what we call them. And you actually install one central snippet on all of your pages, and then you get a central interface, a UI actually, that you can go in and say, I want to install the Facebook Pixel, the Google Ads tracking, the Google Analytics code onto my website on these specialized pages. So maybe just the thank you page. And you can set up these kind of rules in order to deploy them automatically and change around your tracking that way in a central interface. And there are a bunch of more reasons to uh, use Tag Manager, but that's the gist of it. It really makes
0: it easy to manage your code. I love Tag Manager. It's a little easier. It's not as complicated as it sounds. What we love about Tag Manager is, you know, if we have certain pages that we want to add certain kinds of tech to, like pop-ups and and stuff like that, we can just tell Tag Manager to only fire it on particular pages. And it's particularly powerful for some of these tools that charge you per impression, right? If you don't want it across your entire site, you can just isolate it to specific pages, which I think is super powerful. But I think the part that is most exciting is the interaction tracking. Why don't you talk a little bit more about how that works? I know that's not going to be super easy to describe in detail, but what is it that Tag Manager can do That Google Analytics on its own right cannot do.
1: Right. So a tag manager is basically the tool that deploys the tracking. And you have these kind of triggers when you want to deploy a tracking code. You already explained if you have a certain page that you want to deploy your tracking code on, you can define a page and you just put in the URL and then it will fire it on this page automatically for you. But these are not always the conditions, a URL that you want to fire your tags on. So for example, for the Facebook Pixel, if you want to retarget everybody who clicked a certain button so added to cart, you might need to track the interaction actually of the click. And Google Tag Manager has these auto event triggers built in that let you track different interactions so for example click i already mentioned form submit i already mentioned but we now have also scroll tracking or youtube uh, views so if a youtube video is viewed or if something is visible in this screen part so if the user actually scrolls over an ad of yours if you want to fire a tag then that's also possible. So it makes it really um, accessible to everybody to deploy such advanced tracking techniques. Um, Previously, this was only possible by knowing really a bit of JavaScript and how to code.
0: Now, it still is not like for the faint of heart to do some of this stuff, because I don't even totally understand. (laughs) You know, I mean, like I can follow web based tutorials like on your channel, for example, and figure it out, but I don't know exactly what I'm doing. So I would imagine you might recommend that they find somebody who knows what they're doing to employ interaction tracking. Or do you feel like there's plenty of tutorials out there on the web that people could follow and do this on their own? Yeah.
1: So I always uh, encourage people to learn. Obviously, I think that if you're a marketer, you should have control over the tracking that goes into your website and the measurement part of it all. So I always encourage people to do this, but I can also understand if this is something that is too complicated, then yeah, you should be able to find people now that do this tracking deployment for a living. And the great thing about Tag Manager is really that there's a big community now around it and people understand it. So your PPC marketer will understand it. Your Facebook marketer will understand it. So if you have Tag Manager installed, they will be able to just get access and then, well, you can give them access and then they can deploy it themselves and install this all. You don't need a developer per se to install this. If somebody was to look for somebody, what would they be searching for? I would say a Tag Manager expert, a tracking deployment expert. Yeah, that would be my my guess.
0: Perfect. So let's just assume we've implemented interaction tracking and we're tracking if they're scrolling down on our sales page, if they're clicking the add to cart buttons and we've got a lot of this stuff in place or they're clicking the form submit button, which is probably even more powerful than just the thank you page, right? Because someone could hit that thank you page multiple times or they could have gotten there from an email from someone else, right? But that form submit button sounds even more powerful. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, from an interaction
1: tracking standpoint, you always need to see what uh, is the most uh, accurate or how can we get closest to the truth, right? And for some people, it might be the submit button. For some people, it might be the, the thank you page. Yeah, really depends on this is the customization of the tracking on your website.
0: Right. So let's say we've got all this measurement going on. Now let's zoom into the analyze side of it. Like, what do we do with all this now that we've got this hopefully in place?
1: Yeah. So... We don't want to log just into Google Analytics and just get overwhelmed by all this data. Actually you need to go into Google Analytics with a goal and you need to have some kind of question before you open it up because that will make it so much more powerful. Because Google Analytics just shows you data and you can now play around with that data but if you don't have a goal in mind or a question then it gets uh, very confusing very fast. So go into google analytics with a question this is really what analysts do they they have a question and they try to get an answer to their question from the data. So when we go into analytics, we could, for example, ask like, where are my customers coming from, right? So the first thing in Google Analytics is to open up the acquisition reports. That's the reports you always find on the on the left side. And under the acquisition reports, we have different kind of traffic reports. I usually use the, under all traffic, the uh, source medium report. This is how we tagged up our UTMs. Once the user comes onto the page, we know where the user came from. And that's where we see that kind of data.
0: Real quick, we should explain to everybody what UTMs are. Yeah, You want to just give like a quick 60 second on that?
1: Yeah, I I just skipped over it. So UTMs are basically the way to tell Google Analytics where the user came from explicitly. So once you buy traffic from places like Facebook with the Facebook advertising system, then you want to tag your URLs that you send the user to with UTM parameters. These are these long tails at the end of the URL and you can encode information in them. So for example, he came from facebook.com from this kind of campaign and he clicked on this kind of ad. And once the user lands on that page, Google Analytics knows exactly, ah, this user came from there. I will put it into this column. So that's, again, a tracking customization, a tracking or a measurement customization to send the right data into Google Analytics, which makes it then more powerful to analyze.
0: And we should mention that a lot of people use UTMs even when they send traffic to your site and they're not you. You know what I mean? So like sometimes uh, bloggers will link to us and they'll encode those links. So we can see very easily where it came from. And that is just something that a lot of marketers, you know, love the idea that they can do that kind of analysis. And we've had pretty extensive podcast interviews and we've got some videos on that as well. So we start by asking a question and then you were talking about how you love going into the source medium stuff. Talk to me a little bit about filtering and segmenting, because I know that's something really powerful you can do inside of Google Analytics. Right.
1: So once you are in such a report like the source medium report, you can see all of kind of data and see, for example, Facebook brought us that many users and then 100 of these users converted later on and bought something from me. And that's when I can dig into this data even further. And all we need to do is really filter that data because you can think of like this huge spreadsheet. And now we just want to see trends in the data. And for example, if we say, hey, Facebook is our best performing Traffic source, maybe we should dig into that and ask another question, like which products did the, the user buy? So, what we can do is add a segment to Google Analytics. Now, what a segment is, is just really a set of data with the same property. So, for Us, for example, we have all the users who came from Facebook. So what we can do, and this is always on top of the chart that you see on the top of Google Analytics, there are these circles, and there you can add your segments. So what we can do is add a segment uh, specifically for uh, the users who came through Facebook. And what that will then do is it will put a kind of a view on our whole analytics, on our whole Google Analytics account, and no matter which report we click into, we will always only see the users who came from Facebook, right? So the cool thing about this is once we have configured the segment on the top, we can then go into our e-commerce reports and look at, for example, a product report and see which products were actually viewed by our Facebook users the most and which were bought. And maybe we see a product that stands out and that maybe be some ideas to put on your next ad, for example.
0: What I love about segments is you can star kind of like, uh, it's like almost like bookmarking your favorite segments. And one of the ones I love looking at is mobile versus tablet slash desktop, because I like to look at the behavior difference between those that are coming off, like for example, Facebook mobile app versus the Facebook desktop. And what I love about it is I can just compare them side to side right next to each other. It's like, It shows almost like, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember if it's rows or columns. I think it's columns, but I'm not 100% sure. But it's super easy for me to see, okay, wow, look at how much more engaged they are on desktop than mobile from Facebook ads. Maybe I might want to double down on my desktop advertising. That kind of stuff I find super powerful. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other kind of segments that you do often that you might look at? Well,
1: I... Wouldn't, it depends on the question that I actually asking, right? But uh, once I try to get a feel for a website, I oftentimes first look at all the customers or all the goal completions that were in the account. So this is all noise really when we look at the data. And when we segment, we can only look at one certain part of that data. So if I look at customers, I specifically know or uh, try to find out uh, what are the best people on my website doing, those who actually buy from us. And we can learn tons of that. Maybe they don't even visit certain parts of the website, or maybe they don't do certain interactions on our website. And that might be something that we want to change on our website, or maybe they do something else more. That is something we should push into the forefront a bit more on the homepage, for example, or in the navigation. So you can learn a lot from your customers. That is one segment that I definitely use uh, the most.
0: So when you say customers, do you really mean e-commerce conversions? Is that really what you're referring to, or are you referring to something else?
1: Yeah, customers or converters, uh, you could also call them. And converters is obviously a little bit broader because you could uh, put on a conversion on somebody who subscribes to your newsletter or fills out that form or a e-commerce conversion as well.
0: So there's segments, but then there's filters and they're different, right? So you want to talk a little bit about filters?
1: Well, it is kind of a filter in itself. That's probably the most powerful filter. But we have filters all over uh, analytics. The reports itself are already filters because they give you a certain view on the data. You have filters inside of the table itself. So you have a little search field up there that you could also fill out and only look at Facebook data, for example, or only people who had traffic sources that had over 50 sessions. So Mm -hmm. you filter out all the little websites that, that brought you traffic. So there are multiple ways to filter your data And this is really what the analysis is all about. You would just go in and uh, ask yourself a question, filter, 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 and filter again, until you get to this little aha moment, right? You want to get to that point where you say, ah, this is interesting. Maybe I should do that. And that's when you kind of uh, come up with a hypothesis. And that's something to maybe dig in even more or tell somebody about this or um, go to the next stage, which is activation stage. So how can you make that data then useful?
0: Yeah, and real quick, you can uh, save any any of these things, right? And then they'll just show up under the customized area as reports so you can go back to them so you don't have to like go through that whole process over and over again, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you have an analysis process down for your question and you do that very often with your clients or uh, for whomever you look into the analytics for, uh, that's something you could definitely put into and save everything that you have done.
0: So let's talk about the Activate side of things. Go for it.
1: Right. Um, So once you have come up with some kind of insight from your data, you now want to get an ROI on analytics. You don't want to waste your time and just have looked into it and says, oh, this is interesting. No, you want to make something out of your data. And this is where the activate stage comes in. So how do we get something from our data that improves our business in the end? And there are many possibilities on that front as well, right? We we can change an ad campaign. We already talked about it. Change something on the website itself. We could run an A-B test. There's a tool by Google, which is free, is called uh, Google Optimize, where you can change and run an A/B test for free. And there's actually, it's a, yeah, it's one of the tools that is actually for free multivariate tests. You can run them for free on your website, change something around and get testing results on a change that you might want to introduce on your website.
0: Well, let's pause on that just for a quick second, because Google Optimize is amazing. I mean, it's very easy to just go in there and edit a website. I mean, it's almost like you make a variation of it. You can change a color. You can, you can do all sorts of stuff. I've used, changed up headlines and copy. And what's great is all that data pumps right into Google Analytics in addition to Google Optimize itself. And I've run probably hundreds of tests with Google Optimize and I find it to be very, very powerful. Do you have any other things you want to add from your experience? Yeah, so
1: uh, Google Optimize is a great
0: tool for A-B testing
1: and A-B testing is basically just the way to take two kind of variations of websites if you want to introduce a change and find out uh, in the data-driven way which one performs better. And with Google Analytics, we obviously have all that data already about the conversions. Now, what we feed into that uh, that data set and what we run into that data set from the Optimize side is how many people have visited this variation of the page? So where the headline was not changed. And then, well, it's not really a variation. That's then the original. And then we have a variation where the headline is actually changed. And that feeds into Google Analytics. And then we can see, oh, we had actually more conversions on that site. So we can decide to introduce that change uh, for good. What Optimize then actually does is what you can do is utilize not as a a B testing tool, but also as a personalization tool. So you can implement that change uh, permanently on your site. So everybody who comes through Facebook gets this kind of headline. And what you can also do nowadays, they just introduced this because of the the pandemic, was uh, you can do a little kind of banner on your website with a few uh click of a button that, um, introduces like kind of a message on the top of your site. If you have something going on in your business, for example, that you want to make people aware of.
0: And we should mention every one of these tools are free, which is yeah. pretty powerful, <laughs> right? So keep going. Were you going to mention any other tools?
1: Yeah, so when we look at the activate stage, we don't always have the capabilities of doing this ourselves. So especially if you work in a bigger business, you're obviously not the one who is making all the changes to your website or can just run an A-B test because once um, your client or your boss goes onto the website and sees something different that he didn't approve, then that wouldn't be good. So oftentimes you actually have to take that data and convince somebody with it, right? Mm. And Google actually also introduced a tool to do just that. And it's called Google Data Studio. So what Data Studio is all about is pulling that data together into a report or dashboard tool where you can visualize that data. Because if you think about it, you don't want to give your boss or your client uh, just raw Google Analytics access and tell them, oh, just click here, here, and here, and then you get the same insets than me. No, maybe you need to make it simple for them so they just see this in a nice graph. Now, Google Analytics has graphs and so on, but there, there is a lot of other data around it as well, and you can get lost in it really fast. So with this tool, with Google Data Studio, you can connect it to Google Analytics, but you can connect it also to your Google Ads, to your Facebook Ads data, to many different other data sources pull it all in this data and then visualize it with graphs bar charts pie charts and so on and then present that data hopefully to your boss and convince somebody that's really the the last step that you want to go to make a change in the business and oftentimes that means presenting that data to somebody and google data studio is a free tool from google as well um, to make this all happen
0: i like data studio a lot they've got a lot of cool kind of pre-built dashboards and i think there's if I'm not mistaken, I think there's even a marketplace out there where you can kind of get pre-made cool cost, you know, data studio things that you can just like plug in your data in and it will look beautiful. I found it to be very powerful. It, it allows you to change dates and do charting and comparisons. And it allows you to create a pretty looking interface, which sometimes, you know, for an executive or a boss's boss or whatever, they just want to know the basics. It's pretty powerful. As a matter of fact, I've had plenty of agencies I've worked with that instead of sending reports, they just give you access to data studio (laughs) so you can go in there and see your report whenever you want it. I mean, are you finding that a lot of people are using it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been amazing because these tools, actually, you need to say all of the tools that we talked about today from Google Tag Manager to Analytics to uh, Optimize and also Data Studio, they are enterprise tools. So Google has built them for their Google marketing platform and they're selling them for many, many thousands of dollars each month. And yeah, we can use them in a smaller version for free. And that's the great thing. Data Studio is uh, something that is uh, probably a bit newer, so there's a lot being changed around still, but it makes it so easy to build something out on your own and to distill the information down that you want to communicate. That's when you really get into data storytelling, right? You want to communicate the data that is important to make a decision in the end. This is what a lot of people are banking on when it comes to building Data Studio dashboards out in order to show them off and make it more accessible. And Also, they're, they're sharing uh, permission are really great because you don't have to give actual access to a Google Analytics account in order for some other part of the organization to see your data. So if you have, for example, a social media team, you would be able to only restrict that um, report to social media and run it through your account. So they don't even have to have access to your Google Analytics.
0: Wow. Well, we could go on all day. This is such an exciting topic. Why don't you tell everybody where they can discover more about you and all the cool stuff you've got going on?
1: Right. Well, you can go over to measureschool.com slash SME. I have a little gift there prepared for everyone who wants to get started on their their data journey. And um, yeah, we also obviously have our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash measureschool where you find many tutorials on all these topics we talked about today. And I would also encourage you to sign up to our virtual summit that I'm doing with my friend Chris Mercer on September 22nd, which is um, at
0: measuresummit.com. Awesome. Julian, Juniman, thank you so much for coming on. You guys check out all the awesome stuff he's doing and be sure to check out his YouTube channel as well. On behalf of all of my listeners, I just want to say thank you for bringing all your wisdom and insight to us. Thank you, Mike. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If there was anything that we mentioned and you missed, we took all the notes for you. Simply visit com slash 420. New to the show? Hit the subscribe button. If you've been a long-time listener, would you let your friends know about the show? You can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.